Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Today's episode is going to be about the psychology of fear and how fear can impact erections and cause erectile dysfunction. So I've studied fear a little bit as it pertains to world-class athletes, and I'm really eager to hear your thoughts, Mark, on today's episode based on some of the kind of background studies that I've done on my own time. So I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on fear and especially how it can impact performance. Specifically, of course, when we're on the ED Radio podcast, we're talking about sexual performance and erectile dysfunction. So first and foremost, Mark, how do you define fear? So Casey, I recognize that each listener out there is probably going to have a slightly different experience of fear, a different relationship with fear. And even from a professional standpoint, there are different ways to look at this. So I want to be clear, I'm in no by in no way, shape, or form am I an expert on the topic of fear. It certainly is a complex experience. It's a complex psychological phenomenon. I will share, though, with the listeners just a little bit about the concept of fear, how I view it, and hopefully we can connect that back in to uh, erectile dysfunction and uh, its impact on that. So fear, first and foremost, is an emotion. And I think about emotions as falling into two broad categories. We have our primary emotions and our secondary emotions. So our primary emotions are the things that we feel that are not directed toward another person or toward another thing. And our secondary emotions are oftentimes externally facing. So an example of that is fear and anger are a good combination of a primary and secondary emotion. So a lot of times when we're feeling afraid as our primary emotion, we're feeling scared, that gets expressed as a secondary emotion of anger toward another person, an object, a concept. So we're expressing that outward. So fear is a very personal and individual emotion. With all of our emotions, there are cognitions or thoughts that go along with that. So I don't want our listeners to have the impression that fear is solely an emotional experience. All of our emotional states come with a whole slew of cognitions. And those thoughts, those cognitions are going to be unique to each person. Now, when we talk about this experience or this emotion of fear, the way I think about it, and I think what's useful in the context of erectile dysfunction, is I think about fear on a worry to fear continuum. So, a way to look at fear is a more pronounced version of worry or concern. So, a person may think, oh, I'm really worried I haven't heard from a family member in a couple days. And another person may be in really intense fear, having very catastrophic thoughts about what might have happened to a family member to the point that it really is inducing this intensified sense of worry that 
comes close to or could be defined as fear. So the way I think about this is really, again, on a worry continuum where we all have worries at times. And when worry intensifies, or for some people, worry quickly intensifies, and it becomes this experience of fear. Is it possible that fear can end up causing erection problems and erectile dysfunction? So, of course, we like to keep things as multifactorial as possible, meaning usually it's not one specific thing that is causing ED. However, worry and fear can absolutely be primary causes, primary drivers of erectile dysfunction. And that's, again, why I think having this worry to fear continuum is helpful because worry is something which is mind-occupying. So, if a person is working on a business deal um, or a lawyer has a big case and their mind is preoccupied, they may really only be experiencing worry or that worry may come to fear if something in that business transaction or legal case could be very, very threatening or could uh, potentially put them in um, a financial situation that would be not tenable. These types of worry are mind-occupying, and like we've covered so often on this podcast, anything which is mind-occupying can distract from the pleasure and from the other necessary components to facilitate erections. There also is fear, which is partner-based or sex-based, if a man is engaged with a partner and is worried that problems in the sexual relationship will lead to an ending of the relationship, that his partner is going to leave him if sexual performance does not rapidly improve. So, that could really be a partner-based or a sex-based fear. Um, That too is mind-occupying, but even more so, it becomes preoccupying with needing to perform in that moment. Um, And that type of fear can really strongly impact sexual function and erectile dysfunction. So, if a man associates the bedroom with fear and causing fear, and it is causing them to suffer erectile dysfunction, how does one go about breaking that cycle? So, nothing is simple. I want to be clear about that. It can be very difficult to break these patterns alone. One of the big components when we talk about a cycle is usually avoidance. Avoidance is a common response to fear, to things that scare us. We don't want to engage or interact with them. So, as we were just mentioning, if a person has a sex-based fear, they're worried or they're really fearful that Uh, something might happen as a result of engaging in sexual activity. A failed experience can lead to a lost relationship. They may contract a disease from their partner. These types of fears are often dealt with subconsciously with avoidance. So, I'm not in the mood tonight. I don't want to spend the night with you. Um, I've got something I've got to do in the morning. Come up with all kinds of excuses to really avoid um, the bedroom or to avoid partnered sexual activity. The challenge is that fear tends to grow in the dark. Fear tends to grow with that avoidance. So one of the one of the important components that I often talk about with uh, men who I'm working with is the importance of trying to break the avoidance cycle. Really important to being able to 
put the fear into its realistic and appropriate parameters um, and to really see that it's probably not as big as most people are, are thinking. In addition to breaking this avoidance cycle, it is important to try to get down to the root of what is driving the fear in the first place. And and we touched on a couple of potential routes of where the fear could go, but not all fear is equal. And a lot of times there is specific meaning to what is at stake, what is driving that fear for each individual. And I think oftentimes working with a professional is the best way to do this. Uh, but even if somebody is not ready to or they're not in a position to work with a professional to do this, really spending some time and thinking about, well, what is the primary concern? Uh, what is the fear? Am I worried about losing my relationship? Am I worried that um, I won't be able to face myself in the morning? Uh, am I worried that uh, this partner is going to spread rumors about me? Really getting down to that fear and then working to address a lot of times the cognitions that come with that fear. Uh, to try try to address uh, the underlying driver of it. So, where does fear come from? Is this a human emotion that's just simply inside all of us? So, I think yes. I think this is a human emotion that is inside all of us. There are many different ways to look at this. Again, the way I conceptualize it is we as human beings have some primary components to us, one of them being survival. And fear is a great way to keep us safe. The more fearful we are, the more likely we are to avoid danger, to avoid life-threatening situations. So I think that there is a real survival, a real protective element to fear. And I think one of the complexities of being a human being is that a lot of times our brains will utilize fear to protect us even when we don't actually need it. So, I think that this comes from a survival, a protective element that our brains are trying to provide us, but I do recognize that it can be overapplied and overused. Mark, is it possible to have a healthy relationship with fear? I mean, if fear is unavoidable, is it possible to have a healthy relationship with fear? And what does that kind of look like in your opinion? So I think if there are things that are unavoidable, and I think emotion is one of them, fear certainly I think is an unavoidable reality uh, for most of us, if not all of us, we have no choice but to forge a healthy relationship with it. Now, healthy relationship doesn't necessarily mean that we are uh, trying to elicit this emotion, that we are uh, trying to be overly friendly with it and invite it uh, into every nook and cranny of our lives. But recognizing the reality that this is part of the human condition, that it serves a purpose, and being able to recognize what it is trying to do and whether it's appropriate for any situation, I think empowers us to be able to relate to relate to that emotion. One of the uh, therapeutic approaches uh, that some that some clinicians utilize involves externalizing this emotion or this part, and even even having a conversation with it, talking about its role, really forming a relationship with this part. 
Um, and I think that that's a little bit more, I think, of what a healthy relationship looks like. So it doesn't mean embracing it necessarily, but it means having a, a realistic understanding and a realistic viewpoint of what the purpose of this emotion is, what the purpose of this emotional reaction is. And uh, being able to both understand and ultimately to be able to uh, modulate its applications to when it probably is more appropriate and hopefully getting it to respond less when it's not necessary. So should we try to avoid fear? Is that something you would recommend doing or is fear even always a bad thing? Like, is it possible to use fear to our psychological advantage? Perhaps it can become a motivator or something that drives us. So I know it's really cliche to say you have to face your fears. And I'm not going to say that. I think the process of avoidance, though, generally is not helpful. I think it tends to increase fears I think it intensifies fears, and I think people are best served finding a way to break that avoidance cycle. I recognize that it's easier said than done. I recognize that it's difficult to do on your own. Breaking that avoidance cycle, though, with the help of a professional, even if you do brief therapy to be able to do that, puts men at a huge advantage. So I I would not encourage generally speaking, for people to avoid fear. Let me emphasize, that does not mean that you should continually expose yourself to fearful situations. There's a, there's a way to do this. And that's, again, why I think professional guidance is absolutely necessary to do this in an effective way. We don't want to over, overload people. We don't want them to be re-triggering and re-traumatizing and putting themselves in fearful situations. But at the same time, we don't want them to be avoiding in terms of whether fear is a bad thing, well, fear is a reality. I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. Uh, in certain situations, fear can be very helpful. And in other situations, it's not. So in terms of the question, can we use fear to our psychological advantage? So I think that there are utilities to fear. Fear is a motivator. Fear gets us moving at times. Now, are we moving in the right direction? That's something we need to determine. Do we need to be moving at all? That's another great question. But I think that fear does contain um, some helpful components. I, I think also being aware of the psychological phenomenon of fear when it comes to competition uh, can be very helpful in terms of if you know that you can induce fear in your competition – does that give you an advantage if you can keep your fear under control and induce more fear uh, in your com in your competitor? I would have to assume the answer is yes. So I think there are ways to utilize fear both in yourself and the awareness that it exists in others to an advantage. All that being said, I do not think that fear and sex mix very well for the overwhelming majority of people. So I I'm not sure. I'd have to really, you know, think a lot harder as to whether there could be a psychological advantage or a psychological utility to fear in the bedroom. Generally speaking, though, fear is a turnoff and fear interferes with sexual function and it interferes with being able to connect with your partner in any substantial or uh, meaningful way. So I don't think fear is something that people necessarily want to invite into the bedroom, unless there are very specific circumstances where that would make sense. 
Definitely. I agree with that because my background in knowing a little bit about the psychology of fear as it relates to athletic performances is totally different than how it would relate to the bedroom. Yes, there is an athletic, so to speak, component to bedroom activity, but it is definitely not apples to apples. And I would agree with that. It is not as easy to just say, yes, fear can be your friend in the bedroom as fear can help you in, say, a boxing match, can help motivate you and and, and focus you and, and help, of course, with your training. But it is not the same when you try to equate that to the performance in the bedroom. It's simply not apples to apples. So I really appreciate that explanation there at the tail end. Anything else you want to say? Anything else we missed on this topic, Mark? It's a very broad topic. This is a common experience that I think all human beings have at times. And even if you don't experience some of this as a pronounced fear, or however you define fear, you're never quite reaching that. If we're thinking about this as a worry continuum, we all lie somewhere on there. We all get nervous at times. We all worry about things. There's thoughts that go through our mind. For some of us, it's going to be experienced as fear. For others, not so much. But I think the concepts that we covered really are applicable to almost anybody and areas of their life. And certainly for men who are struggling uh, with sexual function or struggling in other areas of their relationship, this is going to be a very applicable concept. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know there is a huge mental component that goes into achieving an erection. Mark Goldberg, the certified sex therapist who hosts this podcast, felt as though this was a very underserved topic of education in men's health. That's why he designed Beyond the Little Blue Pill, the thinking man's guide to addressing ED. The course is designed to educate and fundamentally help you change the way you think about erections. Check it out at erectioniq.com front slash course. You can explore three modules of this course completely free. See if there's something in there that can help you. erectioniq.com slash course and you can learn more there. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit erectioniq.com.